0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the SGR Coffee Break. Again, saving your ears. It will be a thing. Maybe maybe at like episode 100 I'll yell again, so you've all been warned. But that is, <laughs> that's like two years away, so don't even worry about it.
1: Anyway. just You while shouldn't like... do it at episode 100. You should do it at like 102.
0: Oh, just to really throw people yeah. off. Really wreck yeah. that OCD. Actually, I should do it at episode 101. Because then it's an odd number. And it's one away from the perfect time. You know what? There you go. So maybe episode 100, maybe episode 102, maybe episode 105. Who knows? You never know. But somewhere around that time frame, I will kill your eardrums yet again. (sighs) Ah, yeah. Good times. He
1: guarantees it.
0: I guarantee it. Because (laughs) I am a dick like that. Because I am Vlad the Heartless.
1: (sighs) Ah. that is true and you know um, I'm reviewing a game right now that Vlad the Heartless would really love which I'll talk about in in, you know, in, in a little bit oh I'm playing um, one that
0: he's very much enjoying right now but we'll get to that later too because <laughs> uh, yeah Vlad the Heartless he likes watching the he world burn he lives on he just he likes watching the world burn that's all there is to it oh Vlad you're so nice <laughs> you're such a great character but we're not here. And we feel
1: wrong for laughing at the evil things that he does.
0: Well, maybe you do.
1: I do. I'm just like, oh, that's so funny. Oh, I'm a horrible person. Oh, I you wait,
0: you wait. There's something that he did this time that was pretty terrible. But uh, All right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Can't we'll wait get, to hear about that. We'll get to that later. Carrie. Yeah. We have a topic this week, don't we? And it's definitely not the fact that we won't have a booth at E3. I can guarantee you we will not have a booth at E3. All
1: right. I got something to say about that real quick. I real fast. So Activision, so those who may not know, Activision announced that they're not going to have, I don't know if they that they're not going to have a booth or they're not going to have a booth for Call of Duty. I don't know because the reports were kind of conflicting. They said that they're going to show Call of Duty at Sony's. So most likely at the, at the Sony monstrosity, that's where they'll have Call of Duty. Which is fine. And so they're not gonna have an official booth. But they also did say people got confirmed that they're gonna have still they're gonna have their private meetings upstairs. Okay. So everyone's just they're losing their shit over this because you know EA's not not going to, to do it, which honestly EA doesn't need to have a booth there. And I say that because they have so many sports franchises and um, the E three populace just they're they are do not not into the sports. Um, I love sports, but I don't like playing sports games. So the weight is always like so big for like you know the Mass Effect and the Battlefront. But then they have like you know four booths for all their sports stuff, and nobody's going in there. So I mean, to me, this makes sense to have something to you know the mass public come play these future sports games because I guarantee that's what everyone will be lining up for. I totally get get why they're doing that, and they're trying to try something new, maybe save some money. In the, in the process because um, everyone's financials are down. I mean, I've been, look, been looking at a lot of investor calls, a lot of, everyone's financials are, are going down. So I think people are finding ways to save money. I think that also people are they're tired of the spectacle of E3 because that's really what it is. It is a gigantic spectacle. And I think people saying that they don't want to have these massive booths is fine. But anyway, when Activision announced that they're not going to have one, everyone started losing their minds. Like, oh my god, E3 is dead. I'm like, okay, simmer down. Just a little bit. E3 is not dead. They are just, it looks to me like some many developers and publishers are trying to make this like a legitimate trade show where it's a little bit smaller, meetings, maybe they're going to be a little more strict on who gets in so we don't have like 50,000 GameStop managers in there. Because even though they say it's not for the public, I see so many people there that are obviously not industry. It, it's it's amazing. Yeah. So maybe that's what they're trying trying to do: cut down on the hype, make this an actual, I don't know, trade show, which is what it's supposed to be. It doesn't have to be this gigantic hype machine. Because um, you know what? We already have hype machines. They're called packs.
0: Actually, it's called which the are big parties. It's it's the internet.
1: So, you know, um, you know, we got PAX East coming up next month, which I can't believe I'm going to go back to after I swore I wouldn't do that again, and, you know, we had PAX South last two months ago, and then we're going to have, um, then there's PAX Australia, which I don't know anyone who goes to that, and there's PAX, um, PAX Prime, which is always in the fall. So there, I mean, you want your big party spectacle, you got it. Um, I don't think E3 needs to become the next Gamescom. Because, like, the way Gamescom works is that there's one day that's press only, and then two days after that it's mass hysteria, as they let every, everybody in. But, you know, we already have San Diego Comic-Con, which is mass hysteria. And we have all these paxes, which are also mass hysteria. So, I, th- I actually, I don't see how this is a bad thing that e is going to kind of make it small, smaller, or just be nice just not to go to this thing where it's like I feel like I'm at a rave the entire time because I'm I'm actually there trying to do a job and these people there are trying to do a job and so if it's not such a big spectacle if we don't have to have all these lavish parties and we actually make it like a trade show I I don't know because that's one thing I've heard about GDC like someone told me oh you don't want to go to GDC because there's no parties like well I might actually like it Because there's no parties. Because it's not a spectacle. It's a trade show.
0: Oh, the internet. You blow up over everything.
1: Oh, my gosh. Like, I actually saw, like, three tweets in a row. I was like, I guess E3 is dead. I'm like, okay. Can we just take a step back here? I mean, I'm surprised I haven't seen any articles today showing about E3 being dead. Probably written by the same people that say that console gaming is dead and PC gaming is dead. Okay, whatever. Neither one is sure
0: everything is dead people everything is dead. just admit it
1: well strategy guys are dead okay no. this has been fun it's been a great five years <laughs> later yeah, peace,
0: <laughs> peace out we're out oh, strategy guys are far from far from dead which I'll cover again in a little bit but enough of e3 Carrie what are we talking about this week?
1: Yes so uh, I was thinking, uh just from some conversations I had with my boss this week. So let's talk about some, like, what is your gaming kryptonite? And, I mean, the one thing that you hear, you're just like, oh, my God, no. It's like you're wearing the big kryptonite necklace. (laughs) And you just, you know, you're like Christopher Reeves in that pool, just can't get up, and you're slowly drowning, just the thought of doing it. Um, I know I have a few. I've actually been able to cut down mine over the years. I used to have this big scope. It was, like, the only thing I did was, like, JRPGs. And then I branched out to action RPGs, And then I branched out, you know, you just slowly, you know, actually becoming a more well-rounded person. So my personal big kryptonite, um, aside from, let's see, I got little kryptonites, like platforming and um, stealth. Like, I like action stealth. I like the Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, Hitman, where it's like, you no, know, you get seen, like, there's this mad rush of people and you're never going to survive. That's not that fun to me. But my big kryptonite is tactical turn based RPGs.
0: So <laughs> name a game that like that's it's it's you know that you could just name spend a game for me? Yeah, that you could just spend hours in. That's in this genre. So if you have if you have a kryptonite, right? If this is your yeah. kryptonite, then there's like I have I think I have Three genres that I've limited myself to just for this, just for the show, and I have a game for each one. So okay. that's like just terribly. Addictive. Okay.
1: Well, my first experience with a tactical turn-based turn-based RPG was a game that I reviewed for Combo way back in the day. It was called uh, Vandal Hearts. I think it's Vandal Hearts Three, and it was like, oh, Carrie, RPG, you'll love this. Okay. So the whole idea of like grid-based combat. Where you send your orders to send them here, and then you can make the decision of what they do. So you spend like an hour setting up your people and where they can go to attack, just for the enemy to like ruin your strategy and wipe you all out so you can start all over. That's not fun. Um, so, like, I played, I probably, probably played that game for eight hours, and I called my editor and I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. This is just... It, it's awful. I, I'm sure this is good for other people, but this is killing me inside to have to keep on doing this. Like, it is sheer torture for me. And so then he said, well, maybe you should try another tactical turn-based game. So he had me play uh, Disgaea. Disgaea. Yeah. It
0: was,
1: it was on the PS...
0: It's, it's, it, it's been on PS...
1: So I don't remember which one it was. It was on the PS2, maybe? But um, yeah, that was the same amount of terrible. Oh, see, um, and
0: I love this guy. I love the disguise series. There's just so uh, much to it.
1: At PEX, PEX South maybe, or maybe it was E3. I don't know. But um, I got a chance to play. I think it was E3. I was so. I was told Banner Saga was this great game. It was Banner Saga Two and Ball. I was Like, oh, you have to go check this out. I check it out. I see it's tactical turn-based with the grid. I'm like. Oh no, I get like three clicks in, I'm like, nope, I'm out.
0: It's amazing how different we are. It's what makes gaming great, because like, I very much enjoyed the Disguise series and Jean d'Arc. We were just talking about this the other day. That was another grid based tactical combat kind of game, and I love that game. Like, that was.
1: You also like XCOM, so you like that, because XCOM's tactical turn based too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what was I talking to Blake about? And I, and I said, because how this all came up is about um, the one of the directors or producers at BioWare said, Hey, would anyone like a Dragon Age tactics game? And I was like, no, You're killing me inside. No, 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 no. And Blake was immediately, Oh, that'd be the best idea ever because Final Fantasy Tactics is the best Final Fantasy game. And I obviously strongly disagree with that. And, I, you know, a tactics game would would be as divisive as a Final Fantasy tactics game is, because it's you either, I think with tactics games, you either love them or you hate them.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Wow, right. Well. Because at least with a platformer or stealth, I'll give it a real shot. I see it's tactical turn-based, and it's just, nope.
0: (laughs) Yeah. For me, one of mine is, uh, and I keep trying, I I don't know why. I'm, I guess I'm like Blake in this aspect. It is those uh, ridiculously hard, like indie platformer games. So an example of this is uh, Super Meat Boy.
1: Mm.
0: Like, you know, and I like hard games, right? Like, well, yes. hard is a relative term because I'm watching people play Dark Souls and One and Two and Bloodborne and beating it in like an hour and a half, wearing just being naked. But you know, to me, those are are great games. But I keep I keep trying to like Super Meat Boy and I just get so frustrated. I'm just like, why? What is the point? It's kind of like I am the Boshi. It just I you know, I'll play it for maybe 2 minutes and then I'm just I I wouldn't say I rage quit. I just I, I'm like, okay, I don't see the point of this. This is just boring. I don't want to have to do pixel perfect jumps and I don't find that entertaining at all. No. I'm just Oh, and you know, praise be those people that I enjoy them because I've watched a lot of people play those games and it's great. I like, I enjoy watching it because it's amazing to see the skill that some people can have where they can just mm-hmm. beat these games in, you know, seconds. That's where AGDQ and SGDQ are so great because you can see these games just destroyed. And inside there's a little part of me that's like, yeah, fuck you game. You see that shit?
1: You I, t- I watching that guy do Battletoads. Oh, yeah. Which I've never played the original Battletoads and I'm watching him play this. And the thing is, like, he's talking, so he's not concentrating as much because he's probably got because he's got the muscle memory down as well. But I'm watching. I think it was that level where you got the snake kind of like you know doing this. So you got to jump around the snake, and you have to know exactly where he's going to come, because where the spikes are. And so he knows exactly you know which where to fall down to go when to go backwards. And I'm watching all this going. This is not fun. <laughs> you people oh. are crazy.
0: Oh man, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I and I, I think I've gotten uh, like Super Meat Boy because it was on a PlayStation Plus thing once. I think I, it was. I, yeah. I tried it there. <laughs> it was like nope. Tried it on the PC when it was. I think I got it for like forty nine cents on a Steam sale. <laughs> yeah, nope. I just I can't do it. Tried. I have the Bashi, and just I was like,
1: I never even heard of that one.
0: It's a like one guy made it, and uh, it's you. You fight like Mario. You fight uh, Ryu. It's just a really you're. You can change your little sprite, and you're just this tiny little thing, and you're going mm-hmm. through these just crazily designed worlds. That you, like I, I've watched some people play, and their death counts were in the thousands. Because it it is one of those where you have to do like pixel perfect jumps and pixel per- and frame perfect timing, and then you get no. to the boss and it's just re- and it's it's cool because they use a bunch of you know like old school uh, bosses that we're used to. So like you're fighting Ryu, you're fighting Mario, you're uh, you're fighting like uh, the ghosts from the Mario Ghost House and stuff like. That. It just, I mean, it's cool in that aspect, but it's just like, where do people find having to do this pixel but hey people find it fun so that's why there's all these genres of video games so everybody can love them oh yeah so do you have another kryptonite you said platform
1: I mean mean, platforming I guess pretty much is and what I mean by platforming is not like like an Assassin's Creed which does have some some platforming I'm talking about like probably like the side scrollers um, I was never good at Mario Still don't like those games To this day and just Not that into it, I think the last side scroller I tried was Guacamelee Because someone told me, oh you would love this game This is like the best game, oh no I played it for about an hour And I got to one part where you had to make This perfect jump and slide at the same time To get through this area And I just couldn't do it And I was told, oh just keep practicing You'll get it, like mm, No what
0: yeah. that fun. We kind of on the oh. same I'm on the same page with that one cuz like I tried Guacamelee mm-hmm. and I think I made it half an hour 45 minutes into it and then it was just like it became this giant cluster of here's all of these skills that you need to start incorporating. I was like can I just run and punch people cuz that was fun.
1: Yeah, like, he's this, you know, wrestler come back to life. I just want to, like, you know, lay the smackdown on people.
0: I don't, I don't want to have to do all these complicated button-mashing moves just to get from one portion to the next part in it, yeah. I mean, it... But, see,
1: you know, that's one reason why I never finished um, The Avengers of Pip, either, because it got, with some of its platforming, too complicated for me. And I had a lot of fun with the game, because I really loved the, um, some of the, uh, Ideas behind it, some mechanics I thought were very original and very fun. I just couldn't, couldn't master it, and I'm, and I'm, not, you know, yes, I like fighting games, but yet I have trouble mastering like button combinations, which is why you'll never see me in a tournament. And I'm fine with that. and um, that's just not my forte. Some people that is obviously their forte. Um, yeah, that's just not my thing. My forte is. Uh, putting on the strongest armor possible, taking a big sword, and going wire and just slashing through shit. <laughs> oh. That's why Diablo is my jam. Oh, click, 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 click. Click, 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 click. Oh.
0: Yep. oh, those games are so good. Oh, so good. I'm trying to think of what some of my other ones were that... It, it, it's hard because some games do like uh, some of those super hard games like I like Faster Than Light Uh, that's one of those hard games but it's like it's hard to just pick a genre because every once in a while there'll be a game that comes out that just is like ooh it was so good it was so awesome Uh, you know like for me I like a lot of MMOs and I play a lot of MMOs apparently that's my addiction, but like I've tried a couple of the more asian based kind of MMOs, and the grinding on it just turns me off. And then like we, my wife and I tried Aeon, Ion, A-I-O-N we played that for okay. a little bit. And I checked out at like when I got to level twenty or something like that, and it just became this massive grind fest. And I was just like, "What the fuck's the point? You want me to just sit here and do this over and over?" And my wife loved it. You know, she was like, come play with me. And I was like, you're level like 800 or something. And I'm sitting over here on Newbie Island just trying to kill this crab. So,
1: Well, that's when you, you know, you coast. Just ride on her coattails and take let that her, experience.
0: Yeah, a lot of her. Like what, just...
1: you, like what I do with uh, my son Gabe in uh, Diablo. <laughs> He's like, Mom, I'm leveling up so fast. I'm like, yes, because I'm killing everything. <laughs>
0: So it's it, that I mean those are hard. Like I like and I I very much enjoy a lot of racing games, but I found that I'm much more like you have the sim kind of game, you have the mm-hmm. arcadey kind, and then you have kind of like the blend. And I'm more of the blend. I like a little bit of realism in it, but I very much enjoy the arcadey aspect. So like the Need for Speeds have always been a a, a good time for me, and I keep debating Project Cars, and then I'm just like I don't I don't don't know that i'm really that hardcore in the sim aspect like i've, I've played gta or uh grand turismo's and mm-hmm. those have been kind of fun but i don't invest hundreds of hours in them you look at like the crew and i've been playing that a lot and mm-hmm. a lot of need for speed a lot of forza forza is a really good one that does a fairly good job of balancing out the arcade and the um, the simish aspect of it so i am kind of curious to see what this new forza game that the Six, Apex, or whatever it is, they're free. Hmm. They're going to be pushing out to Windows. So yeah,
1: driving in games used to be my kryptonite, and um, Mad Max actually changed that. Um, I I don't know what it was. It just because I guess because you have to do so much of it, and it's just something about it got me comfortable in it. Where I was, I'm. I i do not think I'll ever win any of the side mission races, but you know, but I don't dread it. Like, it's like, oh, to get back into my car, can't I just go run around? Well, the answer is, no, you can't. But, uh, and so, like, when I had to do it in, um, what's it called? Just Cause 3, I had no problems with it. In fact, in Just Cause 3, you know, I had much more, much more fun with it because you, it's much more fun to wreck and run people over and and all that. (laughs) a little different. So, uh, so the the race. So I don't know if I'll ever get into racing games, but the driving no longer intimidates me like it did. Now I will say that um, flight sims, that is a kryptonite. Like I just won't touch it. I won't go anywhere near it because I always get too confused. Like with the up, like I can't do the reverse, the inverse um, Y axis, and it uses me too much. And I And then he's like, "Here, you got to handle the rudders and do this." Like it's it, no, it's too much.
0: Carrie missing out on some great things
1: like... no, and I've watched you play Elite Dangerous and I'm glad you love it but man that looks boring as shit
0: <laughs> oh, man. I think I've been
1: yelled in the middle of the book of the month like how is this fun because <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make all the monies
0: I haven't I actually haven't played that in a while I should probably load that up too many things too many things to play
1: oh I know it's a problem the struggle is real the
0: struggle is real Yeah. Speaking of games that we've played, Carrie. Yes. I've been waiting to hear about this game that I see on your list, and I've heard of this game. So why don't you tell us what you have been playing, Carrie?
1: Well, um, I did get the Platinum Trophy in LEGO Marvel's Avengers. So I've been playing too much of that. Like, I think my final hour count was 35 hours, which really, you know, isn't bad. Overall and it's probably one of the easiest platinum trophies I've ever gotten and that counts um, The Order 1886 Which you know I got in about 12 hours Because I just to play the game twice (laughs) But that one actually took a little bit of skill And this one does not (laughs) So um, Yeah Did that, actually played some Lego Marvel's Avengers on Vita And Wow that game is terrible Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's funny because like because Lego Batman 3 on Vita was fantastic and Lego Jurassic World on Vita was fantastic. And I don't know what the hell they're doing with this. I mean, it didn't go back to the awfulness that Lego Marvel Super Heroes was on Vita. That was just, I don't know what the hell was going on. But it's just, it's not, it's not a good game. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to get the Platinum in here just because I can't handle the flight controls on this. Because they're just, they are... Terrible! You got terrible flight controls and terrible camera, and you have to get through these races in a certain time limit. Time stuff—that's that, my kryptonite.
0: Oh fuck! Time stuff. Anything and then, timed. Yeah. If, if you throw a timer on me, I'm, I'm, I'm I instantly get mad. And then it, if you throw a QTE just randomly into some sort of action sequence, I, I immediately just like, oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Chat peace. Yeah. I don't have to do
1: this. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of, kind of the big stuff. I don't know, I've been feeling this need to play stuff on my handheld play- lately, like, I just want to brush the dust off my poor Vita and my 3DS's, and you know, play some stuff, and it's just easier at night because I'm downstairs, I'm actually like, you know, sitting there with my kids, and um, Zach loves to watch me, and Gabe will usually bring his 3DS down because he's really gotten into Yo-Kai Watch, and, um, like a like a Batman three, and he what he wants is a, his first Pokemon game. So I told him I wouldn't get him one until he can read. Well, he was reading me a book last night, and he was have, having trouble reading the word holler, but he could read pachycephalosaurus and paleontologist. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, How are you getting that? <laughs> but not. But you can't oh. holler. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's so I'm probably going to get him his first Pokemon game here soon, because he's very excited about playing some Pokemon. His big question was, is there Pikachu in every Pokemon game? I said, yes.
0: Pikachu, yes. I choose
1: you. <laughs> Pikachu is always there. So then I did so played some more We Are the Dwarves. I reviewed that, watched a stream of it, really enjoyed watching how much this guy did just as badly as me. <laughs> very entertaining. and chris he kept saying, you're going the camera, this game is hard! Like, I know, man, it is! <laughs> and then the day I posted my review, the developer came out with a patch note saying, okay, we're looking at fan feedback, and we've added in an easy mode, I'm like, son of a bitch!
0: Oh, I, I you know, I was, because I went, I think, I don't know if we watched the same guy. Uh, it was an archived one. Nobody was really, nobody was playing yeah, on, yeah, it on, was on Twitch, too. so... Uh, if you look at the Steam reviews of it, that isn't the game mechanics are broken. The game legs. It's none. It is fuck this game. It is hard, and it's not the fun. And it's not the fun hard. It's the irritating hard. That was like the most common. If you if you look at it, it's just like negative, negative, negative. One person is like, I love this game. Negative, negative, negative. And it's. Like so the, they apparently the developer did a great job at making a very nice looking game that is apparently oh, it's mechanically beautiful. sound it's
1: but it's beautiful the mechanics are perfect like everything is nailed down it's just and this metaphor I thought of after I turned in my review as always was just like you know imagine that you stumble and then roll down a hill and break your nose and as they pick you back up they punch you in the face and they're just like do you want to do that again <laughs> <That's>... yeah <sighs> Cause that's really what it feels like, and it just, cause you know you're used to, you know you're kind of used to a game like holding your hand a little bit, and like giving you a tutorial and teaching you how to do stuff. No, no, I died like instantly the first time. Like, okay, this game doesn't fuck around. All right, let me click over here. Nope, that doesn't work either. So, but there is a sense of accomplishment when you get something to work, but it's not enjoyable when you have to do that every three steps. You die um, so I may have to check it out now that they have this easier easier mode patch apparently like like the they basically it's just a separate mode so they have an easy mode along with which so, which this is tougher dwarves I'm like tougher dwarves and do and do your weapons do any damage because that was my other problem is I would just unfire my blunderbuss in their face and it's just like this much damage they come in and stab me half dead I'm like dear God so. Um,
0: Artificial difficulty.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a. I mean, I I gave it. I, I mean, I gave it an eight because what it does is, you know, if you really want something this hardcore, here you go. Yeah. It is hardcore. It does it very very well. Um, I don't think because a game is super hard it, that automatically means it gets it gets a lower score. But I understand user reviews going fuck this. It's too hard. Totally get that. So I mean, I'm glad that they have an easier mode. But god damn it, why couldn't you do that before the I put out my review, before the game relates.
0: Because PC Master Race, bitch. That's oh, how this yeah. works, man.
1: Yeah. So, oh. but the other game I'm reviewing right now is called Into the Stars. And how this one grabbed my attention is it said it was Faster Than Light meets, meets Oregon Trail. Now, I never played Faster Than Light. I was told not to. Because uh, I said I'd get too frustrated. Like, there was actually a great Control-Alt-Delete comic that had this guy setting up his mission and then he would uh, jettison everyone out into the airlock before the mission started. And his roommate watching him said, why do you do that every single time? He goes, well, sometimes it's just easier to kill them at the outset.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It so,
1: um, but you know, I like Oregon trails. so I'm like, well, this should be interesting. So I played uh, about a couple of hours last night and holy crap is this Oregon trail meets space. And, but again, there's no hand-holding, so it's like you're thrust into the captain's seat, and so basically, like, you are, like, you are carrying the last amount of people on Earth, the last amount of humans, because this other alien race has, like, been destroying all the planets. So you're trying to get to this other homeworld and try to avoid all these alien races. And the cool thing is that you can, you can adjust the difficulty. You can turn it down if you just want them to kind of be, like, easing into it. And maybe you can sneak around enemy forces, or you can have it the normal way, which is as soon as they see you, they're going to charge you. Or you could have survivalist, where it's like they'll just come in massive hordes and you have no prayer of survival. So when you start out in your ship, because you just came back from an attack, you have not very many resources, so you have to go explore these planets for resources. So you have to recruit your team, and whenever you explore a planet for resources, you have to pick your team members by what their stats are, which I learned that one the hard way, because I've sent this one guy, turns out his piloting skills were way low, so he failed the mission and crashed and made me lose some resources. I'm like, what the hell? It's like, oh, that's what those little things mean. Okay, so now I need to see this, and you can level them up, give them some training. You also have all these people on board your ship you got to take care of and make sure they're all happy and you do that by with, with your resources. You also have to manage when you're piloting your ship, because I wasn't paying attention. I was piloting it, and I was looking at something else, and then I hit an asteroid, and 47 people died, and their <laughs> happiness rating went way down.
0: <laughs> oh, you should just um, tell us the rest of the people out there at that point. Just call it a day.
1: Oh, uh, right? right? Actually, I didn't save that game. I just wiped it. Because like, I, I kept crashing into stuff, because, again, because I kept reading something else. You know, kind of like the whole thing with Elite Danger, you start reading something else. Oh, you're in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, and it is, you know, kind of like Oregon Trail, and that, like, those alien ships will come in and attack, and you have to deal with it. But it's not like you're actually maneuvering a ship. You're sending out orders, and then stuff happens. And, look, uh, when I was exploring this one planet, like, you don't actually get a third person or first person point of view. People you send down there just go down there and, be like, well, this happened. And then you have to make a decision. And, like, my first decision, like, they come across this alien race, and, like, um, they want to scan us with this technology, like, I don't know what to do, and your choices are, let them scan you, you big baby, and, uh, it's, like, steal their tech and scan them, and It was like, oh, it sounds like this one exchanged recipes, <laughs> and so I'm, just like, just going, okay, I totally, I was giggling thinking of, like, Vlad the Heartless, and, so I actually decided, I like, oh, just pumping babies, let them scan you, because I thought that would be funny if they all died. And turned out that was the correct thing, and they all were healed. <laughs> and then we made friends with this alien colony. <laughs> oh, but because we did that, we got new medical bay technology, and then our happiness level of the city went up. Yeah. Nice. So, like, I like it. I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. There's a lot to kind of keep track of, but I mean, it kind of is like an Oregon Trail in the stars.
0: Okay. It's not Oregon Trail unless somebody's going to die of dysentery. Did you have anybody What besides... about crashing
1: into an asteroid and people die? I mean, there's that.
0: I, you know, I mean, I've crashed into a lot of asteroids in Elite Dangerous, so...
1: Yeah, but you don't, you're not carrying a floating city, either.
0: Yeah, but I just jettison them. That's too much work, man. it's too much...
1: Too, too much you of... can actually if people get too sick in the medical bay you can just start jettisoning people so that you don't spread their disease
0: <sighs> you know I mean this is Vlad the Heartless we're talking about and uh, Blake you're part. gonna
1: reach the final des- destination with like just you and two oh, other no, no, crew no, no. members no no no
0: no because this is Vlad right so I'm gonna yeah. play as Vlad but I'm also gonna play as Blake's tormentor and get all super creepy so what I'm gonna do is find the hottest chick chain her up so that way she can't go jettison the rest of the people and then get to my destination, and then her and I are gonna reproduce, even if she doesn't want to reproduce. God, Dude! I, that is how I pl- d- fuck.
1: I don't know if you can make those kinds of choices,
0: but oh well, this game sucks then. <laughs> fuck this game! <laughs> one out of ten. That's that's what this fuck. game gets. Fuck this game! One out of ten. <sighs> yes, people, that is really how I play. Not really. Because he really is that horrible. I am person. really that terrible, which we will now get into. Okay. You have anything else? No. No? Okay.
1: Now I'm curious what you, what awful thing you've been doing. So looking at your list and I don't, well, there's one game I've never heard of. So maybe that's it.
0: That's it. So been playing street fighter five. Uh, I'm still not going online actually to review the guide that I just got, which is absolutely fucking gorgeous. Uh, I've actually just been sitting in there in the training room and just working through their combos. Uh, I can't say this, uh, you may have noticed that on strategy guide reviews I made a comment about uh, Winter Brawl being going on, and during uh, during the, f- during, throughout the Street Fighter sessions, a lot of times, you know, every once in a while, you'd hear, oh, he needs to get that frame data app, He needs. he's, he's clearly not, he doesn't know his frame data, he doesn't know this matchup, and then they made a comment about the Prima Games strategy guide, and they referred to it as the Bible, so Prima Games is apparently just knocked this one out, and... Is a side note, Karen and I, when we were trying to figure out what to talk about, we kind of were both kind of. We're still irritated that there is no MKX guy. There needs to be at least a frame data app. Like, come on! I mean, Street Fighter Five has that, and especially be...
1: with how many balancing patches they've put in, you know, it oh, changed like, so much.
0: Well, the other game that I played it was MKX, and yesterday they just released. A... What I really liked about this one was is that uh, now the realm when they released this patch, which was 10.5 gigs. Uh, it This patch was to bring up my copy to the XL edition because I bought the, the new character pack. So I got the four new... They released all four characters. So I got mm-hmm. Leatherface, Bo Rachel, uh Alien, and the Th- Tribot because lazy. Triborg, I think. Triborg, yeah. So you got all four of them right away. But then they also implemented a bunch of their new uh, balancing tweaks and changes. It all came in one giant like, they they didn't release parts of it along the way. They were just like, hey, one big patch, have at it. So, uh, yeah. Yesterday when I was playing, and I, I started watching a couple streamers that are playing Mortal Kombat X right now because obviously they want to play as, you know, Leatherface or the Xenobite or the Alien, however you want to pronounce it, which the Alien Fatality is great because, like, you play as a little minion alien, but then one of the fatalities is, is you become the queen and like you got the character just sitting there in the dark and all suddenly this, ale the queen comes up out of nowhere and then just stabs him through the through the chest with her tail and tears him apart. Oh, it's so great. Oh, love Mortal Kombat. So yeah, I've been playing that, but I've been dealing with a lot of the like the, um, the ball punch from Cas from Casey. Just it, it's it's different now. Um, it hits I think higher. So the some of the combos that you used to be able to string together with that are now actually affected by it because you can't really chain everything together because that hitbox has actually moved up. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, there's all kinds of different changes. It's a lot easier now to take people, anti-air people, so there's a lot more people uh, being able to do that now. So anyway, that was that. I uh, also played some Destiny because my brother was like, I never see you on the PlayStation anymore. Come play with us. So I jumped on once and we played Destiny. And I was really drunk at that point. So he basically carried me through whatever it is that we were doing. Uh, And then they've never... I've been on PlayStation a lot the last couple days. But anyway. So the other one that I've been playing, which is where Vlad the Heartless comes in, is Grim Dawn. And I saw this on a guy that plays a lot of ARPGs. So he plays a lot of... uh, His main stay is Path of Exile. Uh, but he was playing this, and I was like, oh, this looks really interesting. This is kind of cool. So I checked it out on Steam, and I sat on it for a couple days because it was like, it's, I think it was like 1950 or something like that because it was all of 10% off. But mm-hmm. um, it's a brand-new game. has really good reviews. And I've, I have was not expecting to like it as much as I did. So it's Diablo. It's a Diablo-style game. It's all clicky, click 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 and you're building up skills. But what I really found that I enjoyed about this is that it is such a cohesive world. Unlike Diablo, where it's uh, you know you finish an act and then you're teleported to a new area. Yeah. This is like a giant world, and you just walk around. And the story takes you. The story is, eh, it's all right. Mm-hmm. I'm not really playing it for the story. I'm playing it for the loots and the and the fun. I uh, guess you don't really
1: play Diablo for the story either.
0: No, I mean I. It is whatever. I mean the story in Diablo is pretty much. Eh, it's okay, I guess. I wouldn't say it's great. It's not epic. This one is. I I tuned out probably two hours into the story. I was just like, eh, okay, whatever. We're just gonna do whatever we gotta do. Uh, but there are some voice reading, like some voice acting in it. Not that great when they're reading the story. It's, I think that's where I started tuning out. But what makes this different is, uh, so not only is it, uh, you have like a little hub world, and then your little starting town is here, and then you first part of it, you work up this side and now I'm working up this side and I'm going into the mountains. And they have the portals, so instead of having a town portal, you can open up a rift and then you can go to any of the other little rifts that you've discovered. Okay.
1: Uh, Which is kind of what Diablo has.
0: Yeah, but you end up going back to town. This one is like, "Uh, I don't really want to go back to town, I'm just going to go over here. Yeah, but there's
1: those waypoints in Diablo 3.
0: So, uh, the interesting aspects of this are, you can dual class, so hmm. I started off as a shaman. Then I brought in, I t- took on a, I forget what it was, but I'm basically a conjurer now. So I'm a, I'm a pet. I'm a walking pet farm. So i walk around with all these different pets. Uh, so you get that. So you have the two, the two classes. So like you could play a healer and then make a tank, and then you know, kind of play that, oh, or you could play a healer tank, a healer tank, or you could play a, uh a, a wizard healer. You know, so it's to me it also there's a lot of replay value because also now I want to be like okay so right now I'm going to finish with this build and see how it goes and I'm going to start off into the next difficulty and see how well it works because like Diablo you have the you start off as normal as a normal difficulty you can add in a veteran modifier but then you unlock the hard there's two harder difficulties that I've seen so you can unlock those as you play through um, you have that you have a devotion thing so the devotion is like. You have all these little stars. You have a con- you have these constellations, and you can look at them, and they give you different perks. So, mm-hmm. kind of like the Paragon system in, in Diablo. But in order to get these, you have to find all these shrines. So there's 50 shrines, and some okay. of them you just click on it, and like it'll say, "All right, it creates an event, and you you slay a bunch of enemies, and then you you get the you clear this shrine, and now you got uh, a devotion point. Other ones mm-hmm. is you have to sacrifice items that you've been finding, and it's not really that hard because like the items drop. Pretty, pretty, rant, or pretty often. So, I haven't really ever found a shrine that I was just like, "Oh shit!" and I had to come back. And once you find it, if you haven't cleared it, it stays on your map with a little uh, red X. Oh, on okay. It. So it's not like you have to keep going back to try to find it. The other nice thing is, is that uh, the map doesn't really change because everything is already plotted. You already know where. So it's not is. procedurally generated. Yeah, it's not procedurally generated. But you can also go into the areas, and it keeps what you've explored, kind of. Out of the uh, fog of war. So, like, if I go to an area and I've been exploring it, and then I'm like, okay, well, I gotta go outside and do some work on the outside, at least when I come back, I can go, oh, I've already explored all this, and I was working, I can see the path that I was working up to. So, that part was really cool. The part where Vlad the Heartless comes in is there are decisions in this game, and they do actually affect.
1: I'm so getting this game.
0: And they actually do affect what happens, and how people start reacting to you.
1: Oh my gosh, I need this in my life.
0: So, the part where Vlad the Heartless came in was uh, I've been trying to send people back to town just to see what happens, uh, but I walked into this cave it was so, like, a lot of the cave entrances you'll see that are marked on your map as you're going along every once in a while you'll find a cave that's not marked. So I go in this cave and there's this little girl sitting in this cave, and I was like why the fuck is a little girl... And I had to blow something up to get into the cave. And I was like, well, why the fuck is this girl in here? So, he brings up this dialogue tree. And it's like, you can either open up a rift and send her... Let her go. Or you can kill her. And I was like, well... I don't know why you were in here. So I'm gonna just kill you." So, I killed some little girl. I have no idea what the fuck it was. But it's really interesting because... Uh, some people I've... I've um, like, they'll... The dialogue tree will open up, and then all suddenly they, they say something that just pisses me off, and I'm like, okay, let's fight. <laughs> so it's, it's so it's it's that part of it. I was just like, okay, I like this because it's automatically making me want to replay it just to see how all these different things happen and how the people start reacting to you if you uh, like. There's yeah. a Little town, like there's a little camp, and they were all sick, and I was like, well, I'll send you back. And then if I sent them back. I could have killed them or I could have send them I could send them back and I was like well I'll send you back and thankfully I did that because it opened up like two two more quests to to go through and do um, so the quests are also really it's interesting because they're not shown on your map so you actually have to read about the quest and then figure out where on the map to go find okay game. so but uh yeah it's it's Sounds a ton fun. of fun I think I think last night when I played it for a little bit more. I was at the 18 hour mark and I bought the game Saturday night. So I played a couple hours on Saturday. The biggest complaint I would say is that this is a PC game so it comes with its share of PC problems and when I first started playing it I could only get like five minutes in and the game would just completely crash my system. It would lock up. The screens would go black. Uh, I could still hear the sound because I was watching Winter Brawl. And uh, I could still hear the sound, but there's nothing I could do. You couldn't control Delete. You couldn't task manager that shit. You had to full. It was like a hard reboot. Mhm. Uh. Well, come to find out, you can't run it in full screen mode. So I have to run it full screen, windowed, borderless. And well, and, then it
1: should come that way.
0: Yeah. I. So and it comes with its own little repair tool too. So, I went on. Uh, I started searching the forums, and everybody's like, well uncheck these options from the in-game set your and it it appears that it's an nvidia it's a problem with nvidia card users so that's what i've a lot of everybody that said that they were having issues it was all i'm running the 970 i'm running an 880 i'm running a 750 A 760 so it's i don't know what and they just released a patch so but i haven't i wasn't like i'm gonna reset this to see how it works now because i got it working so uh yeah yay pc master race issues Mm
1: -hmm yeah i
0: have an nvidia 750 so so that's i mean really that's the only thing you gotta do is uh you can run the repair tool it will automatically run it in a uh windowed mode and it'll be small and then you can go in the graphics options and then run it full screen windowed borderless which is fine and then i you know then it's uh 12 hours later and you realize that you haven't really had any food but you've been drinking a lot and uh yeah grim dawn it's it's so much fun. It is it is. There's so much replay value on this that I'm finding, mm-hmm. and it's. I want to see how all these different classes work. Oh, and it's got crafting, so you're finding recipes. Now you can go find a. You could you could have killed your craft person.
1: Okay, too. I'm gonna open up Steam and we're done here, and I might need this in my life.
0: So. It's not a, that
1: you know, I don't have a ton of other shit to play, and not that I'm like not busy or anything, because you know the division's gonna drop soon. But.
0: Yeah. So anyway, that's what I've, I've, I've lost a lot. I was like on Sunday, I, I told myself, you got to play some more of the tower of deadly monsters or deadly tower of monsters. And then mm-hmm. it was just like, Oh look, Grim Dawn It's already right. oh, I'm like this oh.
1: close to, to finishing it. I need to try. I think my goal is to try to finish it today in the midst of everything else. I got to get done, but that's my goal.
0: So yeah, that's what I've been playing. That's been my addiction as of the last couple of days. So with that, Carrie, take us home.
1: Oh, okay. Well, we'd like to, of course, thank you for listening and watch, and or watching us on the uh, SGR Coffee Break. Um, you, if you have any comments, you can email me at reviews at gmail.com. Or you can leave a comment here on this post. We are also on Twitter. I am at Crunchy Chocobo. Chris is at Starvin. And the site is at Strategy Reviews. And uh, so I already got my first Strategy Guide review done this year. Yay! I just turned you know, mine just, in. Just, uh, you know... A month and a half later, but you know, hey, what? You know, I, I, I we're doing what we can. Um, we're not going to say like how long Chris has had Fallout 4.
0: <laughs> I just turned that in. I turned I in know, it right before this, and even in the article, I was like, yeah, it's only been like two months. It's only two <laughs> months late. But hey, Fallout yeah. 4, that's <laughs> done.
1: Right. So you know, I got my, my Lego Marvel, and I'll be doing the Lego Marvel uh, of Rivita guide probably next next week, and of course I got. Chris has got his Fallout 4. He just got uh, Street Fighter 5. I just mailed Blake uh, for Cryo Primal. So we're finally getting some strategy guides in for 2016. There's not one for the Division, which doesn't surprise me since that's kind of an MMO. And I'd... if there's going to be a strategy guide for MMO, it should be an e-guide. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that could be updated.
1: Yeah, they got to change all that stuff, so... We got plenty of good stuff coming, so of course we ask you keep on reading uh, strategyguidereviews.com every day. And we thank you once again for sticking with us. Yes. And?
0: And with that, we always like to remind you don't be a dick on the internet. Just stop it, okay? We play video games, we're having fun. It's cool to be a dick on the internet. I understand that's like the new hip thing, but just don't do it. You're just, you're just an asshole.
1: Especially Hit during block. politics season. Oh,
0: especially right now. So, stop it. Don't be a dick. Just, just if you're going to be a dick on the internet, just log off. Just, like, go for a walk or something. Just don't do it. It's a happier place. And with that, we're out. Peace!